Today's date is April 14th, 2023, and this is episode 17. Hi, punks. Going to school, huh? Yeah. Why don't you play fish hooky and come fishing with us? Yeah, boy. They're sure biting. Get thee behind me, Satan, and don't Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Now Jesus went to the desert forty nights and forty days. When he got tired and hungry, his father he would pray. But the devil came to Jesus, said, If you want to be fed, why don't you turn these big old worthless stones to bread? Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, Get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil he took Jesus to the temple of Montapa. And he said, if you are the son of God, jump off of this golden drop. For the scripture says that angels will slow you falling down. And they'll gently put your feet back on the ground. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil gave to Jesus to a mountaintop to show all the cities and the nations and the kingdoms here below and the devil gave told jesus you can have all that you see if you will just bow down and worship me get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan jesus said get away from me satan jesus said you don't tempt the lord thy god get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, he said, don't tempt the Lord thy God. Hello and welcome to this is an official Godcast. Thank God it's Friday. My name is Ron Johnston. I'm here with Flightworks Mary and Burke tonight giving his testimony. Our special guest, Dustin Nemos. Let's say hello to everybody. Mary, you came in first. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. Glad you're here. Such a yes. blessing to have you among us. I'm glad I'm here too. And Burke? How you doing, Ron? He's back. 
I'm back. It's a beautiful day. Warm weather. Nice breeze. It's Friday. Feeling good. We missed you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, man. It's not the same without you. You singing us one tonight? Not tonight, bud. I'm a little, mm-hmm. little shot. It's been a rough week, haven't, hasn't it? Yeah. You had to work twice as hard today. I did. I did. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm sure I'll pay for it next week. <laughs> well, I got some things, some things in store for you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but love, though, right? Oh, yeah. That's it's all right. love. And our special guest giving his testimony tonight, Dustin Nemos from the Nemos News Network. Dustin, hello. How are you? Hey, thank you. I'm I'm doing very well. I'm sorry about my delay. That's okay. For our listeners, uh, there's uh, Dustin. We're in the same time zone, but he's he's running off a satellite. He's a little rural, so he's he's got a three, four, five second delay. So please bear with us a little bit. Dustin, thank you so much for coming on here. We appreciate you taking time away from your family, taking time away from your life uh, to come here and talk about Jesus tonight. We greatly appreciate that. Can you please tell our listeners, for those who don't know who you are, can you tell us about your podcast? Where can they find you? The times, places? Um, sure. Um, DustinNemos.com has a lot of my past interviews, um, a few hundred, I think, in total, um, with folks like Roger Stone, other uh, independent media content, uh, content creators, um, you know, influencers, um, pedophile researchers, <clears throat> excuse me, pedophile researchers, people who are doing research into um, human trafficking. Just it's not exactly pretty, uh, but it's, it's important information. And that's kind of the focus of my work. It's kind of diving into the, the muck, so to speak. And uh, nemosnewsnetwork.com is our primary news outlet. And uh, we have a new project, which is kind of a hidden history archive at theserapium.com. And most places have banned us now. So you won't find us on uh, mainstream social media. Like you can't even post our link on Facebook. Uh, they won't allow it by default. And most banks have banned us now, uh, including like PayPal and uh, Zelle, GoFundMe, uh, BBNT, like numerous ones. That so means basically you're doing we're down right. to yeah. Gab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we I was going to say, Mike. That's how you know you're doing it, Gab. right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hate to like give such a long list, but in essence, like I say that to say this, we're basically down to, to Gab, Telegram, and our websites, and some things still make it through on Rumble or on Truth Social. Um, we use those when we can as well, but they also censor. So we're really down to just a few options. What's your Telegram handle? Uh, my primary channel is Real Dustin Nemos, and we have a second one at... Um, theserapium.com slash chat. I've got it tied to that. It's like a, a hot link thing. So it redirects to the Telegram invite. So if you go to that, you'll you'll find both of our chat rooms. All right, I'll check that out. I didn't know you were on there. Yeah. There's not many places left now. It's really, really bad in terms of like uh, getting it out uh, accurate or independent information to the masses. As a journalist, uh, the walls are closing in. It's hard to get the truth out these days. There's just something people don't like about Jesus and the truth. Odd, isn't it? 
yeah, and they seem to, you know, it goes together. I can tie them together. That's actually kind of part of my testimony tonight, uh, tying politics back into the Bible. Looking forward to it. All right. Before we get to your testimony, uh, just a few announcements. Next week, as our guest, April 21st, we are going to have Jack the Bridge. Jack Tard is going to be our guest, giving a special testimony. And uh, he has his own podcast as well called Jack the Bridge. That's next week, April 21st, 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Podbean, if you want to be here for the live chat. And we'll also have a special co-host that week, Punky Puster. Mary, you're not going to be here next week. No, I'm Dance not, party. So, yes, well, it's a worship party. So I'm going to a worship concert. So, But you'll be dancing. I'm most likely i will be dancing absolutely it doesn't matter where it is i'm dancing that's right you're dancing right now as a matter of fact for the <laughs> listeners who can't see you on zoom mary is dancing right now that's right <laughs> and the week after that april 28th we have do we have anyone yet mary we have an opening so please yeah. Please, if you want to come on This Is An Official Godcast and give your testimony, get a hold of us. We have next week open. We have a slot for you. It's waiting for you. It was meant to be. All you have to do is email us at thisisanofficialgodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us at our Telegram page at This Is An Official Godcast. I know it's a bit redundant, but it's really easy to find us. Other announcements? Anything you guys can think of? Okay. Well, tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern on Podbean. Con Lee. You're going to have the Con Lee Podbean, followed by Bardsey, and then at 10.30, Kilted Christian, followed by the Midnight Shift with Fishers of Men. So no need to go anywhere tonight. Fall asleep with your phone in your hand. We have plenty for you. Uh, before we get to that testimony... Mike, will you lead us in prayer? Yes, sir. Father, we just want to thank you tonight just for your greatness. There's nothing too big for you. I mean, with all the things that are going on in this crazy world, there's nothing that's a surprise to you. You know it. You know what's going on before it even happens. There's nothing that's beyond your control. And we can trust in you in all things. Sometimes, Lord, we let what's going on around us to depress us, to bring us down. And we make ourselves feel hopeless, sad. We just want to crawl down in our little hole and just feel sorry for ourselves. But there is hope, Lord. We can find hope in your sovereignty and your complete control. And most of all, we can find hope in your son, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. This podcast, Lord, is about leading people to him. May that always be what this is about. Not about politics or drama or whatever, but about your son and about how you change lives and how you make all things new, that you are preparing a place for us. How you loved us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. People that are not 
of people, Lord, that trash you, people who don't love you, people who sin daily, hourly, minutely, Lord, but you loved us anyways. We are unlovable, but you love us. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I'm thankful that you do. And I'm sure there's others that are thankful that you love them. We love you, Lord, so much. And we're so thankful for all the things that you've done for us. And tonight, we pray for, for Dustin. We thank you for him and how, is your, how he is your child, and that he trusts you and that he loves you and that he is seeking the truth. And we just, we pray, Lord, that you give him a clear mind, a clear head tonight. Open our hearts and our minds as we listen to see how you have worked in his life and that we may be encouraged to press on, to bring glory to you and your name and all things that we say and do. In his name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much, Mike. Amen. Well, Dustin, you're typically uh, throwing punches at the mainstream media, but tonight, something special. Uh, we're so blessed to have you here. Thank you, Dustin. Yeah, I'm looking you're a blessing it. to us all. Thank you. So without further ado, I'm going to hand the floor and the mic over to you, Dustin. You have, um, and for anyone, our listeners, um, if, if you have any prayer requests, please just chat those, put those, tag Mary. And we'll pray for you, spoken, unspoken. We're going to pray for them all. So if you have any prayer requests, please put those in the chat and you could tag Mary. Also, if anyone, any of our listeners that are here live in chat, if you have any questions for Dustin, please tag myself, Mary, Mike, and and we'll do a, we'll get a question to Dustin. Um, Dustin's Mike, Mary, Dustin's given us permission to go ahead and uh, interrupt him as as you feel moved. Uh, okay, Dawson, take it away, my friend. And uh, again, thank you so much for being here. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Well, th thank you guys for asking me. I mean, uh, you know, I spend so much time. I've done over almost 7,000 videos, at least now, against the, as you say, the deep state and exposing the fake news and stuff. And I, very few people ask me about my own like personal story. So it's kind of an honor. I, I really appreciate it. It's uh, kind of the first opportunity to really go beginning to end i guess and so i'm probably going to butcher it but I'll, I'll do my best and i'm going to warn people it's going to be kind of a weird story we're going uh into topics like uh prophecy the deep state uh forbidden science archaeology um a lot of strange areas and i started out as a super atheist i mean i was raised in public school i meant well but they basically teach you that religion is the source of all evil so, you know, I went through most of my life thinking that um, religion was at best a source of chaos and at worst an actual source of evil in the world. And um, I ended up blaming mainstream Christianity for some of the evils that I later found out were largely like, you know, the hierarchical Roman church persecuting true believers for reading the Bible or translating it into their language, that kind of thing. The Dark Ages. Um, so, you know, I, I've really uh, been humbled in what I thought I knew. But for a long time, I was like, you know, I was one of those folks who would uh, invite the pastor who knocked on my door in to debate him in capacity. 
and uh, no one had ever really been able to prove to me or show me a reason to believe in God. I was kind of arrogant about it. So I was really a, an anti-theist in a lot of ways. In uh, the last couple of years, I am, um, you know, my, my thinking evolved because I really started to understand the historical associations between you know, Christianity or Christian values in general and freedoms like the freedom of speech. Simple Western traditions of things like freedom of truth or mercy, compassion, you know, those are largely Western Christian ideals. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to be in a Sharia law country. So even as an atheist, I can respect Christianity. But um, for me, like the journey to belief late and started when I was very young. When I was about 16 or 17 years old, um, I was living with my grandparents. Uh, I came from a broken family, uh, mother, father divorced. And, you know, I was, I'm sure I had plenty of um, youth problems and growing up and stuff. But largely I grew out of that when I got into my grandparents. And by the time I was like a young man, teenager, they got me the internet, researching stuff. And, um, you know, as a, as a kid on the internet before censorship was really available, you, you see a lot of um, hidden history type topics, conspiracy topics, forums discussing governments up to trying to do this or that project, you know, this or that code name. And I started to kind of develop a sense of, of the way the world works. Um, from a conspiratorial worldview, which I think has been kind of borne out at this point, proven correct. And I'm not talking about every single conspiracy out there. I don't believe JFK Jr. is alive. Um, I don't believe there's an armada of good aliens out there waiting to save us. But, you know, many of these conspiracies are true. And in my, in my work as a journalist and as a researcher and a reporter in the last um, six, seven years, you know, I've, I've come across a lot of strange topics that I struggle to explain to people, like Epstein. I mean, Epstein on its surface is pretty simple. Uh, all trafficking uh, super pedophile connected to, you know, politicians and uh, power players. But when you go deeper, for example, on his island, literally, there is a temple underground. And then you get into the dark occult and what the weird elite believe. And then you get into mystery Babylon. It's the occult belief system, which they actually subscribe to, um, you know, different secret societies, Freemasonry um, at the higher levels, theosophy, which is modern witchcraft. Um, you know, there's different groups that have represented this over history, but the elite have since the time of Jesus and even before that, underground, after the sacrifice of Jesus, uh, they have this religion. And this goes back to the pre-flood world. And I didn't know any of this at the time. So, you know, I'm trying to understand things like Epstein. Things like um, the finder's cult. The trafficking cult covered up by the FBI and the CIA. Uh, things that are just sort of beyond the pale. Most people don't want to believe that they're real. So I was trying to figure out why they believed these weird things. For a long time, I thought it was kind of like a, um, <clears throat> like in the gang movies, you know, where like the new man, Italian mafia movies, they'll go out and they'll kill someone. The, the, the new person is, is guilty of murder. 
so they never rat out their friends. I thought it was kind of like that. Maybe that's why they're doing some of the stuff that they're doing, which, which does, it's at the highest levels, uh, seem to involve ritualistic child sacrifice. A lot of people struggle to believe that stuff. Uh, industrial level human trafficking of children. So in, tr in trying to explain these things and trying to explain sort of the motive and the agenda of the deep state, uh, I dove really deep into history and into what they believe and into their writings. And what I discovered was right out of the book of Genesis. Um, I'm going to drink some water for a second and kind of catch my breath because I'm thinking about how to go with this. Hey, take your time. Okay. So I'm getting ahead of myself, but <clears throat> I kind of want to tell the story and then I want to go back through it and kind of back it up. But basically what led me researching the deep state as a super atheist, trying to explain evil in the world, like really advanced stuff, uh, stuff that is totally conspiratorial, but proven true. I couldn't. And my best explanation was maybe it was some sort of gang initiation or mutual um, mutually assured destruction, you know, maybe that's how the, the, the elite players of the world blackmail each other into an alliance because they couldn't trust each other, but that's not it. Like in their own writings, and I can point to numerous examples, the elite actually believe in and worship in a Luciferian doctrine. And they are actually engaged in a war against Christianity, against mankind as a whole. And you, you can kind of sense this. I mean, people say, the deep state's satanic, and that's where they stop. They don't really know how to prove it. I can prove it. Um, they say that, uh, you know, they hate Christianity. There's a war against Christianity or the family. And they can prove that, but they, don't, they can't really explain the agenda. It just seems that there's a hate. And it's very widespread, kind of like there's a war against it. But all of this goes back to the same agenda. The elite have been waging war against God, against the Bible for thousands of years. And even before there was a Bible, even before Jesus, they have been trying to dominate mankind. And I couldn't explain why they would worship things that I thought were fake, like demons, until I started to look into our hidden archeology span or the forbidden sciences. You know that there are thousands and thousands of giant bones all over the world, giant bones. Giants all over the place. I heard the but Smithsonian likes up. to hide them. Yeah. So that was a major click for me. I mean, that was um, right out of the book of Genesis. And it, it made sense from a historical perspective why the elite worship these things. They, and, and consider them to be their gods. They, they actually do have the blood of fallen angels, the Nephilim. And these giants dominated mankind and basically founded the secret society blood cults. So in, in that aspect, that's the, the foundation of the deep state's religion, Mystery Babylon, society forms. The symbolism and the, the rituals always go back to that. So the, the Bible is the central theme that ties it all together. Um, kind of, you know, wrapping it together, trying to explain the deep state, going down these rabbit holes, looking into their books, um, looking into their world domination plans, 
for example, the Freemasons predicted World War I, II, and III before it happened, and with great detail. So in, in that, um, you know, I started to see that this plan went back hundreds of years. Now, when I started to see the extent of their, their economic control, you know, I was already, you know, kind of impressed. But when I saw the extent of their control over science, um, for example, evolution, which is totally bogus and debunked, is taught in every school in the world, basically. Uh, it's completely bogus. There are pretty much millions and millions of monkey bones, maybe billions, and millions and millions of man bones. But there are no, I mean, zero actual man monkey bones, the missing link, the the chart where the monkey becomes the man, none of those things in the middle are real. They're all fake. And they've been telling this to kids that we, we evolved from bio sludge, basically, in a pond somewhere uh, billions and billions of years ago. And it's been totally debunked for hundreds of years. Um, and it's been you know a struggle since far before Darwin to try to prove these false theories, to try to debunk God's word. Much deeper than just evolution, but that's a kind of an easy example to poke at. Even mainstream science is abandoning evolution. Uh, they're they're calling it panspermia now, saying that basically aliens made us. Anyway, um, when I saw the extent of their control over science, I realized this is a world domination. They already control all of the governments, and uh, of course, trying to prove that the Nephilim are still here is going to be a whole different story. But my theory is that they are still here, that they were never completely wiped out, as the Bible says. Um, and you know, they did get smaller, like the Goliath of Gath was a lot smaller than, uh, Og of Bashan, who was a whole lot smaller than, uh, the sons of Anak, who were a lot smaller than the pre-flood giants. Uh, and that, that's explained by genetics. <clears throat> so I like to use the example of, uh, like a tiny dog bred with a large dog, uh, over a long period of time. And if you had like a pack of chihuahuas, and you could somehow breed in a Great Dane. And you just kept breeding in the Great Dane and mixing in that, that whole Great Dane DNA and subsequent offspring. <coughs> Excuse me. I've been working around a lot of straw. So I've been trying to work on the farm today. And my lungs are kind of shot. <laughs> what, do you get, what, what do you get when you the basic, breed a bulldog and a shih tzu? Whoa. <laughs> I don't know. But if you, if you were able to do it, you, they would get smaller every generation is my point. So the Nephilim did, and, and this is borne out strangely enough, interestingly enough, uh, in the archaeology and in other areas like etymology. Uh, but basically, the giants got smaller and smaller until they weren't really giant anymore, and they had pointy heads for a while and six fingers and six toes and stuff. But all of that kind of bred out. Um, they're primarily mostly human now, but the seed of the serpent from Genesis 3.15 still exists. And they are basically the predominant uh, players of the deep state, 80% of the power players disproportionately represented. And so basically, um, when I realized this, I immediately, of course, converted to God and have been fighting the living demons that run the deep state ever since, in essence. And of course, I've been completely destroyed uh, you know, financially, economically. I went from wealthy and famous on YouTube to uh, neither of those things in short order because I stood up to the fake news. Sacrifices we all have to make. Yes, 
to bother me. Yeah, um, it lets me know I'm over the right targets. And, and in essence, right. um, pretty much every conspiracy that you can point to, it goes back to this. It goes back to this one war against mankind and against God by the Nephilim, who behind it ever since. Uh, they had, well, there's the historical, like the, the, the more recent historical events since World War I and II and the Bolshevik Revolution. And then there's the, the more distant historical events. I mean, they, they destroyed Hellenic Greece. They destroyed Rome. Uh, they, dis they, they were the cause of the flood, the miscegenation and the genetic corruption of the pre-flood world where all flesh became corrupted, like God says, were the Nephilim outbreeding humanity, uh, raping and, and outbreeding pretty much everything and ruling over mankind like cannibal god kings because they were so hungry. Uh, this is where we get the, the blood sacrifice religions across the world. All of the pagan religions are basically the same religion. They all go back to the flood um, teachings that he brought back. Uh, the reason they're all different names is because of the Tower of Babel incident. But this, this was all like, for me, I couldn't, I couldn't make sense of the hidden history for a long time. But in, in essence, um, like the deep state belief system of Mystery Babylon can be decoded as understanding that they worship the Nephilim, which are flesh and blood and still here, although they don't look like giants anymore. They look like us now because they've lost their so-called divine blood and they're very deluded just like a Great Dane 20 generations later with Chihuahuas. Uh, they resent that, of course, but that's the facts. You don't have giants anymore. Um, but you can prove that they did survive, and you can prove through the historical records, the etymology and the anthropology, as well as the archaeology, that these giants spread over the world, got smaller and smaller, with elongated skulls, with six fingers, six toes, with traits like double rows of teeth and cannibalism and red hair. They continued to, uh, to wage war against humanity for the most of uh, our history. And then not so long ago, they were wiped out. Dustin, when were they wiped out? Can you guys hear me? Uh, yes. I don't know if we dropped you for a second. There was a little bit of a lag, but I had a question. Yeah, a second. You said they were wiped out. When, okay, when was that occurrence? So the Nephilim were never fully wiped out, but um, you know, the tribes were instructed to wipe them out of the land of Canaan. And it records that Joshua and the tribes basically got all of them except some in Gath and a few other places. And they basically, the way history records it is they subjected them to tribute. They made pay tax instead of kill them. God had said, quote, leave nothing alive, end quote, of the giants. Um, that instruction even included killing the cattle in some cases, uh, the plants burning it all, uh, even killing children, which for a long time as an atheist made no sense to me. How could God, a just or righteous God, order the destruction of children wholesale, widespread, an entire people? And the only thing that ever made sense of that, and it absolutely makes sense, is that these were not people. These were basically mutants that would grow up to be giant cannibals and they would eat people because their growth inhibitor gene, just like a modern liger, if you, uh, so if you mix a, a lion and a tiger the right way, you get a liger, which is a cat that never stops growing. It's the size of a tank. It would probably eat 20 lions. They have a very short lifespan because they just don't live that long. 
But in those days, a 500-year lifespan was pretty common. So you could get a very big giant, and they would be very hungry. So they would eat the produce of, uh, produce of mankind, and then they would eventually eat mankind. That's kind of what Genesis 6 talks about. So, um, so I know this is like total mythology world for a lot of people, but uh, go ahead. So Dustin, I just shared um, in the chat Genesis 6, 1 through 4. So if people yes. want to know what, where the Nephilim is mentioned in the Bible, that's where it is. Yeah, I'll summarize. I mean, I'm, I'm not looking at it, but basically uh, the Beneha Elohim in Hebrew, the sons of God came down and saw the daughters of man, human women, found them attractive and began to take them for wives, uh, rape them in many cases. This may or may not have been consensual in some cases, but it was certainly recorded as unconsensual. So rape was part of it. And, and they bore them uh, giants, heroes of old, men of renown, uh, different interpretations, different things. But uh, history records these giants were real. And uh, it wasn't like a metaphor that these were not just heroic men who did big things. These were men that grew very large and very big and had double rows of teeth and six fingers on each hand. Like Goliath, for example, his whole tribe, uh, it was common among them to have six fingers and six toes. His brothers all had the same traits as him. So yeah, the book, of, the book of Enoch goes more detail of that today. too, if you want to. But in that. essence, read more about. Yeah, oh, I'd love to. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to like cover all these points, but I'm really. I know I'm doing. I'm doing it, jumping around. But the book of Enoch is really a missing link. So the book of Enoch explained for me and elaborated on the book of Genesis, which was the missing link between hidden history, the deep states, occult belief system, history of Babylon, what they believe, and, um, and every political issue that I can think of. I mean, everything from the chemtrails to the vaccines uh, to COVID, all of this is, part of, is, is basically part of the seed war, Genesis 3.15. It's all played out over history. You can point to any place in history, and I can show you around that time frame how they were killing us. Uh, in recent history, they've killed about 50% of Christians who would be alive today in just three or four world war uh, war engagements, uh, including the world wars. Um, the Black Plague, for example, was not a plague. It was them poisoning us by putting poison in Christian wells, killing about 30% of Christians at the time. It's been on and on and on. They have been trying to wipe us out since Genesis 3:15, before they were even born, because they didn't come around until uh, Genesis 6. <clears throat> so, um, you know, in, in 3.15, which I, I've been referencing, uh, basically says that there's going to be a war between the offspring of the woman and the offspring of the serpent. And, I, you know, I've never heard that before from Christians. I've never heard anything about uh, an offspring of the serpent or a seed war. So for me, you know, as a conspiracy researcher trying to explain politics uh, and what's happening in the, you know, the whole 2030 agenda, um, the whole uh, New World Order lockstep program, what they're doing to us with vaccines, all of that, you know, the Bible was kind of the last piece of the puzzle for me in many ways. Um, but if I had known there was a seed war, that there was a seed of the serpent, it would have clicked a whole lot sooner, um, I've got to say. But that kind of made, made a lot of sense for me in terms of what they believe, if you go and look at their actual belief systems. For example, and I, you know, I, can't, I can't possibly do it justice and give you the evidence here, but I have it all archived and recorded at the serapium.com. But for example, the Freemasons at the 32nd degree write about in their own books that they get two giant spirits robed in white as literal spirit guides that they communicate with. Um, 
And I know exactly what they're talking about because these giants were all over the Old Testament. Um, so in essence, uh, this seed of the serpent has this genetic hatred for humans. And they have been trying to wipe us out. And now with the vaccine, they actually have the potential to do so. As in the days of Noah, all flesh is becoming corrupted. Um, as in the days of Noah, that's one of those Bible verses that just keeps. If you have any questions, that as in the days of Noah, that's that's one that yeah, just keeps a, ringing in my head, and it, it seems like there's a lot of similarities today, and um, to, in comparison today, and and, the, and in the days of Noah, we're doing a lot of stuff with with genes, and and uh, we're starting to play God a little bit too much. I think I mean, we shouldn't be playing God at all, but. Like these scientists are getting a little too crazy nowadays and it's not going the right direction. That's for sure. Yeah. And I, I, I know that I'm going to sound uh, completely out there for folks who haven't been following politics and researching the deep state uh, for a long time. And, and that's fine. I'm, I'm really kind of a deep in researcher anyway. I sound crazy to most folks, even my own family. Um, but that said, I have been doing this since I was 17, and I've been obsessively researching pretty much every conspiracy, uh, going down every rabbit hole. And I can prove everything I say. I've got tons and tons of evidence for it. In fact, I put together a, a 200-hour-plus documentary series, um, it, you know, which basically goes from Adam and Eve up to the vaccines and beyond and explains all of these uh, points that were censored over history, uh, including stuff that was taken out of the Bible, like God's name like the book of Enoch and the much more. So, um, you know, th there's a lot to it. It's really a, a, a full spectrum, multifaceted spiritual war. And we've been fighting it um, unknowingly our whole lives. Any conspiracy you can think of, most of the stuff that's happened to you was them. Agree. Uh, yeah. So, how did, so go ahead, you know, I don't expect anybody to take my word for it. So, you know, check out the article I did called The Seed War at theserapium.com. And you can kind of search that topic in general, but it goes through all of the evidence. It goes through who's running the world, what they believe, um, how they've been performing over history and what they've been doing to us over history. It goes into um, their, their persecutions of God's people, attacks against God's word. It goes through fake science. I mean, they, they invented fake science. Um, the Catholic Church and Cardinal Woolsey and the Pope at the time, basically counter-reformation strategy was to invent fake news and science. That's where we get things like evolution. They, they popularized a strategy called learning against learning. So they just flooded the world with fake news science. Um, and then that has basically decreased faith in God, the, the great apostasy, the great falling away for 500 years. Science has been used like a hammer against God. But God actually is verified by the science. So there is a revolution happening now in thought. People are waking up. And of course, they're, they're killing us off as fast as they can. I don't want to be depressing about it, but let's be honest. They're, they're trying to starve us to death. They're trying to poison us to death. They're spraying us with stuff. So true, but there's always the hope, you know? Did you have a question, Mike, or yes. a comment? <clears throat> sure. And I, I do have hope that there will be protection for God's people. 
Um, you know, th there's a lot of stuff that happens in Revelation, and I think we're there. That's a, a amped up repeat of Exodus. It's been called. Um, I heard that from Rob Skiba, who's a you know the late Rob Skiba. He's a brilliant researcher. They killed um, him too. A definite yeah, man of God. They did. They did. Um, yeah. Um, but basically, he was right. There's a, it's an amped up repeat of Exodus. So there is a precedent. Believers who follow God's way can expect and hope for and pray for some level of protection from the plagues that are coming. But they are bringing us a lot of bad stuff. I mean, famine, war, disease, pestilence, targeting political persecution. I mean, these are the beginning of sorrows. They haven't even brought Noahide laws yet. And that's going to outlaw Christianity by beheading. There's so much more. I mean, you know, basically for me, it was a scientific journey of trying to explain evil to a logical, um, discerning, skeptical audience and to myself. As I try, as I, as we could see evil in the world, we can see it politically, we can point to all of the tendrils. But when you follow any of those tendrils back, it goes to this tribe of Nephilim who rule over us and their mystery Babylon religion. And they've been playing out the same tactics for thousands of years, which include things like divide and conquer, usury, um, controlled brother wars between Christians to thin out the herd. Uh, you know, pand pandemics, but pandemics and plagues like the Black Plague, um, the Spanish flu, the uh, Irish potato famine, the incident at Dresden where they firebombed all those people and killed millions of Christians, mostly women and children. Uh, the Holodomor, probably 60 million Christians murdered, starved to death in the breadbasket of Europe in the Ukraine. Uh, I could go on and on. The fall of Rome. Uh, for example, when Nero, um, <clears throat> Nero burnt uh, Rome in order to blame the Christians and then the Roman citizens threw them into the lion pits. This is the same people who are back backing Nero um, who are now running our politics. They hate us genetically because they're not human. And that is a very hard message for most people. And I realize it's hard to believe. So, um, you know, I don't expect people to. I just tell the truth as I understand it. I show the evidence for those who have eyes to, to see it and ears to hear it. And um, some people connect the same dots. But I'm basically trying to provide the evidence and warn the alarm. Um, you know, if you're following anything from, you know, in times prophecy, eschatology, and and looking for the signs as we're supposed to do, you're basically seeing red alert signs everywhere. I mean, tribulation signs. I mean, I, I and I would go so far, I would be so bold, and I'm usually, I'm a humble guy, but I would be so bold as to say someone, you know, anyone deny, deny that. Any Christian can say honestly that there's not a bunch of signs of tribulation right now. And I mean, specific signs, if you research it, signs in the stars that are once in a thousand years. The Euphrates River drying up, for example. And it's a major world river. So, Dustin. There's a lot of weird things happening. Yeah. So, you were saying um, earlier that your search, you know, for these 
or conspiracy theories or um, these kinds of things, you in that search that led you to look for Christ in that, or it led you to the Bible, or how did that connect? If you want to get into that. So for, for me, I did not believe in God because uh, I was a skeptical atheist who had all the scientific answers. And I still do. I've, I've, I've debated hundreds of Christians. I've never lost a debate. I'm, I'm actually deeply ashamed of that now. But I had all of what I thought was true science on my side. And it turns out a lot of that science is false, like evolution, totally bogus, debunkable easily, really, when you understand the, the actual science of it. Science is not on their side at all. Science is totally on God's side. Science can be used to prove God. Um, however, they have convinced the world through what I call scientism, which is this religion of a scientific dogma where they do not use the scientific method. You can see how this works with the vaccines um, or, or you can see how it works with the, the grooming in schools and the transgender agenda. They are completely oblivious to any sort of facts. They have an agenda and they will push it through no matter what. So um, that, that is a hallmark of science, scientism, which is basically... Uh, science without the scientific method based on dogma and authority rather than questioning and scientific principle. So I'm, a, I'm still a huge fan of, of, of the actual scientific method, scientific principle, which I believe affirms God. So um, with that said, uh, you know, I have a, an audience of people who are looking for political answers. Mostly I'm not a pastor or a theologian. Um, I'm a journalist first. I'm a reporter. Before that, I was a, a, a real estate investor primarily. Um, but what I found, the answers to why the deep state are doing the things they're doing to us now and throughout history, because it keeps playing out same stuff over and over, and there is a plan, you can point back to it. Um, actually, we, we know most of the stuff that they're planning. It's actually not well hidden anymore. We have all the documents and all of the whistleblowers, all of the evidence, but people just don't want to see how dark and evil it is. So many people refuse to. But in essence, trying to explain the deep state's motivations and researching their agenda and their occult belief system led me to them hating God, hating Jesus with a fervor, waging war against what I thought was a myth. So for me, it was finding that the deep state hated God, hated Jesus so much, hated his people so much, I had to look into it. So I started at the beginning. I started the book of Genesis. And by the time I got through the book of Genesis, I understood the deep state's belief system because the last few pieces of that puzzle, the giant spirits robed in white, the Luciferian doctrine, why they hate God so much was explained. The Nephilim were real. And this is borne out by the scientific evidence. Yes, it's covered up. Yes, it's uh, not mainstream, but it's also well-established and also scientific method, repeatable, um, you know, something that can be tested just like the Bible. Um, the Nephilim were real. They worshiped these things. They considered them gods. And these things for a long time ruled over us, just like the Bible talks about. And these, uh, you know, self-proclaimed God kings who often ate us. You know, we have uh, a lot of people who, who research the conspiracy world today, for example, they know about Baal, which is the bull god mentioned in the Bible, uh, which babies were thrown to born and uh, burned to the fire. This is actually where we get the word cannibal from. <clears throat> um, the Canaanite priests would throw the babies in the fire and then eat the flesh later to ball. So cannibal, Canaanite priests, cannibals. 
um, it's it's borne out, for example, there in the etymology. That's one example of the words evolving because of our history, the hidden history. So the truth is that they have been waging war against mankind, losing, but waging war since the beginning almost. Not since the days of Adam and Eve, but right after that, a few generations later, the days of Jared, all the way up to Noah when the flood wiped most of them out. And then they came back. Um, and everybody has their own opinion about it. Mine is through the, the children of, uh, specifically uh, Ham, one of the children of Noah, uh, who was a sinful kid and chose a Nephilim wife. <clears throat> Excuse me. So in essence, you got this uh, post-flood spread of the giants, which should have been stamped out, but God's people chose to ignore it. And now we have the deep state. And they're poisoning us with vaccines, starving us out with, uh, you know, a... Uh, I don't know if people are following the politics here. I'm assuming everybody knows this stuff, but you know they're destroying our food production systems. Over 100 different food distribution or production uh, businesses have burnt down mysteriously in the last couple months. Now we have trains exploding full of chemicals left and right. So it's the same war playing out. And people are, I think, starting to wake up to this. You know, certainly there's a great awakening politically, culturally, but I think now spiritually, I think people are waking up that there is a spiritual component here. I, I'm sure you've heard the term culture war. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I like the term sin war more. It's a little bit more niche. It's a little bit also more informed because there is an actual occult agenda behind this stuff. Um, in you know, you don't have to go very far to prove it. For example, you've all heard of Common Core. Common Core is one of the many uh, so-called sciences that we've derived from seances rather than science. Um, the, the Big Bang Theory was based on this as well. So you actually have a lot of science that's derived from so-called communion with angels or communion with spirits. Um, and, and these are the people that are promoted and pushed by the establishment universally. Uh, for example, Aleister Crowley, you guys have heard of him? He, he was the guy who basically considered himself the beast. He called himself the beast 666. He wanted to be the world's wickedest man on purpose. He, he wrote poems about dancing with the bodies of dead children through the night. And he engaged in some pretty rough magic, evil stuff. This guy was on a Beatles cover. And he was actually kind of a pop star if you paid attention to Hollywood and, and the music industry. And that's kind of how it plays out. They're basically running the show as, as, as even Jesus said, Satan is God of this world. But I had no idea just how deep that went. You know, I've gone from being a journalist and, and a reporter who was a super pro-Trump guy. <clears throat> basically, at one point, I was, I was kind of like the face of the Great Awakening because they kept attacking me and, and uh, going after the Q movement and trying to brand me as, as the face of it, essentially. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's totally grown beyond that now. Um, I, think, I think people have forgotten that, that Satan is <laughs> the prince of this world. And that's why a lot of people haven't woken up. Because they think, oh, our government would never try to kill us. Or, you know, I yeah, think there's good. There's so oh, many. And I, I don't know how to talk to them. 
Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. No, you're fine. I, I'm just, that was my I point. Know. I mean, he's, I think people just forget that Satan is the great deceiver. He is the prince of this world. God has said so. Yeah. I, I really, I really don't know how to, how to talk to people that refuse to see evil because I feel myself at it and I, I, I see nothing but evil constantly. And it, it's frankly, it's, it's changed me as a person. I don't smile a lot. You know, I don't think about things that are outside of this war a lot. I'm focused. I'm in the trenches all the time, fighting, fighting against child trafficking, fighting against the mass genocide, the mass poisoning. I was for a long time fighting against election fraud, but I don't care about politics much, to be honest, anymore. I, I don't believe there are political solutions. Locally, I think people should be active, of course, but, um, you know, in, in the school system, local politics, but, you know, most of those people in D.C. are Satanists on one side of the black and white checkered floor of the Freemason temple. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. There is no political solution to a spiritual problem. It all comes down to God and the devil. Yeah. And, and it is primarily a war between, you know, the powers and principalities of darkness because it's an influence war because they, they primarily work through deception and influence and fake news. And, and they always have, um, they do not have the military power to dominate us but they turn us against one another man against woman black against white old against young um you know divide gay against yeah divide and conquer every single time they get a chance and they always play the hero they always play the dialectic um this has many names uh you know you keep seeing the baphomet temple uh the baphomet statue rolled out by the satanic temple which is the goat man with the arm pointing up the arm pointing down well, there's a, there's a tattoo that's historically um, featured on arms called Solveyet Coagula. And, and that basically means to dissolve and conjoin, which is another way of saying build back better or uh, order out of chaos or order out of chaos or the problem reaction reset. solution. Or, yeah, exactly. So you can keep calling it different ways, but it's the same strategy they want to break things and then fix them. They want to create a problem and then offer the solution. And that's how they've been manipulating mankind. And this is something that they claim is, is passed down from the teachings of the actual fallen angels from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I mean, I can point you to, for example, 33rd degree super Freemason and author who, who actually says that the teachings from their secret society orders were passed down in olden times by the fallen angels to their initiates the ones that were found worthy, and it was the secrets of good and evil. It's the secrets of how to manipulate us based on good and evil, at least. And they've been using it ever since. So that sounds familiar, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I for a long time as a kid, I mean, I, I was raised in the South. I've been exposed to the Bible. I kind of ran the other way because I had a pretty out there mom. <clears throat> but, you know, the book of Genesis was, for me, the most boring book in the world. So-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so, and it was just really dry. Now I look at it like the most epic action story of all time. It's far more interesting, far more epic than anything out of Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or, or Harry Potter or the Twilight series or whatever people are into now. So um, you had grown up a, in the church or around? Giants. It's a story I'm sorry, Dustin. No, so you've grown up in the church? I mean, um, my mother exposed me to the Bible. 
Okay. No, my, my mother took me to the church a few times. And you said you started doing your research when you were yeah, 17. I, I don't want to speak bad. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, I, I basically threw myself in and, and I won't lie. It's like, you know, I was, a, I was a kid. I played some video games. I was playing, you know, some Starcraft and stuff at the time as well. But, um, you know, I basically slept in, in, uh, uh, in school and played video games and research stuff. And then by the time I was a, a man, I mean, I was, I was putting in eight hour days of research. I mean, I was obsessively compulsively trying to protect my family from everything I could see. And there was a lot of it coming. Um, I, for example, I started a, a two acre garden, uh, built a greenhouse with a hydroponic system in it and bought 150 chickens when I was 16 years old, because I could see the writing on the wall with GMO food. So you start doing your research at 17, you're in your mid thirties now, I think you said 36. So you've been researching for just about half your life. Um, and it was during your research that you realized that yeah. this big lie was being told, which had led you. Um, to believe in Christ. Can you take us to that moment and um, your salvation? Uh, how old you were when you gave your heart and your life to Jesus? And then can you tell us um, your your life now with your family and, and how that is with your relationship with Christ? I would be honored to. So my big moment, I mean, I and, and for real, um, understanding like the deep state and the conspiracies and seeing the Nephilim connection hit me like a brick. And I, I really came to that by researching Rob Skiba uh, and, and then a number of other things as well. But it really was the final piece of a huge puzzle for me. But the biggest brick of all was what I call biblical earth. And I know this is going to be a touchy topic. So I, I'm not here to like push the view or anything else. No, it's not. not you've got, you, you've <laughs> got two, no, you've got three huge fans of Biblical Earth and Rob Siva here. So um, Mike's a huge fan of Rob's, and I know Mary is too. Um, Mary has Great. a Mary has a seven so piece presentation on Flat Earth. Earth. Yeah. You should sit through and listen. You should have Mary on your show and do Flat Earth one day, Nemos. Um, you want to talk about a flat? Uh, Mary's got a plan. Um, but yes, please go ahead. We'd love okay, to hear no, this. I don't have to be shy about it. No, uh, -uh not at all. Go ahead. Yeah. So, babe, I mean, that was really the final final piece. Those two, really, but. Um, I could understand one being disassociated from the other. I could understand like the Nephilim part, proving a lot of stuff about the deep state without having to see that God was real at all. But when I saw the biblical earth aspect, um, and I was already kind of, I was thinking at that point, oh my God, like the Bible had this right. The Bible got this story right about what the deep state believes in. And they've, they've been fighting it their whole, like for centuries and they've covered it up. And they've literally had the Bible changed. They've taken God's name out of the Bible 6,000 plus times. And they've taken whole books out of the Bible to keep this a secret. And at this point, I was thinking, well, how can the Bible not be real? But I didn't really believe. I didn't have any evidence from a skeptical position. And biblical earth was, for me, that evidence. And I think it's been that way for many people. I, I can't see how you can not see, uh, not just flat, the, the flat earth. Yeah, that's, that's one of the easier ones to prove. But, you know, also domed, where, I mean, we're, we have a firmament. You can't get to a space, even if it was real space, is a, a Hollywood line. It's, it's made in a Hollywood basement, like the Red Hot Chili Pepper said. Oh, you're singing um, to the choir, brother. It's about 6,000 <laughs> years, roughly, yes. uh, if you actually look at the scientific method. Not the carbon dating, which spits out random numbers and stuff, but the actual scientific method, which works and is testable, shows we're about 6,000 years old.
which coincides with the biblical narrative. Everything that the Bible and science was arguing about, the Bible wins in a big way. I can just go ahead and let you know, researching it. I have an article called Scientism, the Cult of False Sciences, through multiple uh, false sciences, including uh, like the biblical earth stuff, but also um, some of the physics, some of the energy, some of the um, cultural control stuff, some of the, the economic sciences like the Federal Reserve. I go through um, anthropology, etymology, uh, archaeology, and, and go very deeply on, on very, very different topics, but proving all of it is a big attack against the Bible. And, and Satanists were generally the ones pushing these false lies uh, and, and, you know, bogus narratives. So, you know, biblical earth was for me that the final proof that God, that a creator was real. Let me, let me put, let me change that. Then I knew that there was a creator. Now I already suspected it was the creator of the Bible. How, how could I know every religion talks about the flat earth? Every religion had the same concept of what the earth was shaped like. They all got it right. And every religion talked about giants. Now they called them cannibals or not. We called them cannibal, uh, Nephilim, and they called them uh, gods. They called them uh, heroes. They called them, uh, you know, civilization heroes. But uh, when I tested the various holy books, including the Bible, only one of them has, for example, uh, hundreds, really, but dozens and dozens of provable prophecies that came through hundreds of years apart with fine detail. I mean, that's just one of the ways you can test God's word. And God says, test all things, hold fast that which is true. And that includes God's word. I mean, I know some people are going to find that aggressive or offensive, but I found it to be uh, refreshing. I mean, I'm, I'm in a world of you're not allowed to question this and that. And here's God saying, question me. Yes. Test yeah. all things. And, and to. I yeah. did. And I held fast that which yeah. is true. Yeah. And God is testable. And it turns out the science is completely on God's side. But then again, none of the other holy books can hold a candle to the evidence that that Bible is, although tempered with, divine in origin, especially the prophecies. So that's what really got me. And now I have a series about how to debate God and um, you know, I'm tracking the prophecies and I'm tracking like end times tribulation prophecy and um, dozens of red alarms are happening and, and prophecies are coming to pass, being fulfilled. And I, here I am a journalist uh, in a world of uh, pastors, popes and priests. And I'm trying to just kind of correct the historical record, but I keep talking about God as much as I am politics. So where are you at now? I mean, obviously the flat earth or researching flat earth giants led you to the Lord, which is pretty yeah. cool because I hear a lot of people who have researched the shape of the earth and have come to know the Lord through that. And you never hear the opposite. You never hear a flat earther who decided they're going to believe that the earth was round and then they they came to God that way. It's always, you know, they thought the earth was a sphere and we're out floating around in space and they realize that the earth is flat and then they realize that there's a creator. And I think that is one of the biggest deceptions ever that Satan has pulled over humankind is that we are a speck in a vast universe floating around, spinning around millions of miles an hour and meaningless. Yep. We right. don't mean anything. We don't, we're nothing. We we've come from nothing, but 
And if they can block that, that the earth is flat and that we have a creator and that's, that's how they block that relationship to God, I believe. So what are you, what are you doing now that you, well, if you, if you realize it's flat, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Well, okay. So if you realize it's flat, you have to accept there's a creator. And when you come to the conclusion that that the God of the Bible is the creator, he has specific things he expects from us, and he is watching us with a magnifying glass. And oh, by the way, his name is on our DNA numerically, like an artist signing his portrait or his art. I mean, this is a God that has created a place for us, a universe for us, of which we are the highest creation. And we are basically the apple of his garden, the apple of his eye. Uh, we've, we've let him down a lot of times and he's still fighting for us. He's found a way out of his own rules in order to give us salvation, although we don't really deserve it. Um, but at the end of the day, there's another theme in the Bible beyond salvation. And that's the theme that really brought me to the Bible. It wasn't so much about saving my soul. I won't lie. And that message is important and that there are better people at speaking that message than I am. And I think people need to, to focus on that message right now and come to know God. But my message Amen. wasn't so much about trying to, to share the gospel so much as it was to share the history of the deep state and what they believe and what they're planning to do to us as a journalist, as a reporter, but with the biblical evidence, with the historical evidence, with the scientific evidence, with their own words in many cases and what they're planning. So um, my journey kind of led me to that second theme in the Bible, other than salvation, which is the seed war, the war of good and evil this war of Satan and his children against the offspring of the woman. And that included Jesus. They are the ones that killed Jesus. That's why he called them a generation of vipers. That's why they said, may his blood be on us and our children. So, so now just, um, Dustin, um, if you want to talk a little bit about where you're at now with your faith and, um, you know, if it looks a little different than it did when you first started looking into the Bible and biblical earth and, you know, all the different things in the Bible that, that correlate with the hidden history. Um, so can you can you talk a little bit about what your faith looks like right now and how you've grown since then? I would love to. Um, basically, uh, my family and I are now uh, trying to keep God's law. We're not perfect, but we're, we're Torah keepers. We keep the holidays. We're not eating the pork and stuff. Um, uh, we're, we're doing our best with that. We're still learning. It's not easy. Um, it's not complicated. I mean, it's certainly not like IRS level billions of codes uh, complicated. And there's only a couple of hundred rules in the Bible, but we're, we're trying to do that. Um, obviously, I'm studying the Bible and history more than ever. I'm spending a lot more time on that rather than politics uh, compared to what I used to do. And I'm also looking at the prophecies and looking for the signs and I'm tracking all these things. Um, we're, we're called to watch for these things and to be vigilant and not be caught off guard. And I'm attempting to do those things and I'm attempting to warn people when it's really nothing different. I mean, I'm still a reporter. I'm still a journalist. I'm still exposing fake news. I'm still trying to save people. Um, I was trying to save children and people from being poisoned. I was trying to save our freedoms. Now I think I'm trying to save some souls too, uh, just by exposing what they're doing to us. But I mean, my mission has basically just expanded. Um, Nothing has really changed other than some of the 
uh, information that I find more pertinent to share now does go back to the Bible. It does go back to the science because there's things that people need to know and we're out of time. They're coming for us full throat censorship now with the restrict act. I, I may not be allowed on the internet for much longer, but people need to know these things. Um, and that's kind of my passion now. And it's, it's really, frankly, it's, it's pushed me to the edge of independent media as a pariah because, you know, many of them are very pro Trump. I'm, I'm no longer pro Trump. Uh, I think with, you know, my worldview, not only the biblical uh, moral values, he's mass murdering people with a vaccine, but, you know, not only the biblical values, but also the simple fact that we're very late in the game and I don't see him being a human savior. I see him more like the white horse on the horseman, the one that kills many with a poisonous bow that has no arrows, kills through peace. I know that's going to offend many. But, you know, just as an example, that's one of the many ways that I'm not, I'm not selling clickbait, you know, I'm selling hard reality and that's not a popular message. It's, it's pretty much pushed me to where most of my own friends will have me on their show. And I'm not earning money from this by any means. I'm, I'm, I'm moving myself up the list to get targeted, but I still believe in the message. Well, I think the closer you get to Jesus, the, the more you're going to offend people personally. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. You have a question too. Yeah. You have a and, question. And the closer you get to exposing Dustin. their lies. I got a question, Dustin. Sure. Um, so what how old were you when you did accept the Lord? Maybe you said that and I missed it. I'm sorry if you did. And was did you get saved after oh, I, you were I'm sorry? Did you did you get married after you were saved? Or was it before you were saved? And did you if it was after he got saved, did you lead your family to Christ, including your wife? Yes. Um, it's funny. It's a funny story. So actually, it's about three or four years ago where I found out the truth about biblical earth. And I did kind of incubate on the topic for a while. I didn't talk about it until I understood how to debate it. So I had to do a lot of research on this stuff before I could really talk about the Bible with any kind of confidence, especially, you know, some of this hidden history Nephilim stuff. Now I can debate these topics with any profession, any uh, theologian, any scientist, uh, or all at once. I don't care. But, um, you know, I, I was a little bit shy about the topic for, for years. Um, with that said, um, I was about 33 at the time. Uh, I'm 36 now. And you can kind of see it play out with my children's names. It's a kind of a cute story. My firstborn, who's five now, was named Athena, which is a pagan name, um, because I, I was just kind of thinking it would be a kind of a cool name. It would give her some tough qualities and some wisdom qualities, because Athena is the Greek god goddess of wisdom and war. If I knew then what I knew now, I would have chose a different name. But, um, you know, my second son was a non-religious name, Sebastian. And my third son is named Enoch. And I'm probably going to pick Old Testament patriarchs for the rest of the names if I have kids, <laughs> because uh, I am, I'm as deep over the, the fundamentalist rabbit hole as you can go. I mean, I call myself a scientific fundamentalist, which kind of confuses people, <laughs> but I am. I, I'm a fundamentalist Christian now, uh, and I'm an apologist, but I'm also still scientifically minded, rational, logical person. And I wasn't indoctrinated. I came to this late in the game from research. 
And oh, uh, one other question you had asked me if I was married before or after. Uh, we, we were already married. Um, so we, we got married before our firstborn. So about six or seven, seven or eight years ago. I hope my wife doesn't get mad at me if I missed it. But um, we were already married then. And, uh, you know, the progression happened. And now they're also Christian. And, we, you know, we just kept Passover, for example. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot more fun than Easter. Yes, it is. So you have a Seder dinner then for Passover? Well, we did We did the food. We did, um, you know, some study around those topics. We, we got out the leavening in our homes and our, our souls as best we could. Uh, so no, no leavened bread or anything like that in the houses or, or even in the barn or anything. Um, and, you know, we, we basically did all of that. I also did some fasting as well. And we kept the, uh, the high holy days as Sabbaths, as we're supposed to do. And, you know, basically it's an alternative to Easter and it's about Jesus. And it's, you know, I like to say that it's not about a bunny, it's about the lamb and uh, the bunny and, and the egg. All that goes back to pagan rituals of child sacrifice and fertility. People don't know, and I don't blame them. This has been done to us. But the people that run this world, even the mainstream Christian theologies have injected these pagan teachings into Christianity. Funny thing about the child names is about eight years. My son's nine, Mason. I named him Mason. <laughs> and then uh, after, you know, I've done a lot of research myself on fried earth and Freemasonry, I'm kind of regret naming him Mason, but he's still a good kid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if I would have known what I know then or now, then I, I probably wouldn't have named him Mason. You just call him Mace. Yeah. Mace. <laughs> it's not too bad. That's not too bad, but that, you know, it's an example of how they have perverted all of history and destroyed our culture. You know, the Bible says our fathers have inherited nothing but lies. And then in another place, it says the truth was fallen in the street. And, you know, that implies that it was there for anyone to pick up, for anyone to see at any point. People walked by and ignored it. And we're there. I think we're there again. And people are finally waking up. There is a great awakening now. There's a separation happening. You can see the remnant sort of forming up and you can see the great deception, the great apostasy and the reasons for it. I have an article that kind of argues that, you know, the, the globe earth more than anything, evolution and the globe earth and the other false sciences with them. But those two primarily have been used like a hammer against Christianity for 500 years. And they have basically destroyed a lot of people's faith in God. We don't, we don't have the same worldview anymore. Now we're expecting aliens to come save us from some other planet when we should be thinking well, the truth is that they're fallen angels back from uh, imprisonment for the end of this battle. And just like the book of Enoch says, they've been released. And that's why everything is getting crazy. I absolutely believe that people need to know this. I mean, because some pretty scary stuff is going to be happening. And, you know, I just really... I'm glad that uh, you're talking about this. So, yeah, and you know, there there is a there is a second. There's another thing that's coming, and I think Christians need to have an answer for it. And, and a lot of this stuff, biblical Earth, is cool because you know it's a great deprogramming tool. You can tell people if you can get through to someone on biblical Earth, they'll never believe anything the establishment says ever again from any source, ever. <laughs> And Very it's a true. great tool. 
because they can see the governments are in on it, the fake news are in on it, the scientists are in on all of it. But what's coming next is possibly more dangerous, and it's built off of this scientism lie. And that is the return of the watchers. And I mean, not just like they're here and they're playing from the shadows, they're pulling the puppet strings like they're doing now and have been since about the time of Roswell. But I mean, like coming out in the flesh, coming back to rule over mankind in some capacity. The return of the watchers is imminent and people are going to fall for this alien stuff. They've been, you know, they've been programmed with uh, X-Files and X-Men and aliens this and men in black this and um, Area 51 and all of this stuff. And they've been taught that the government was, you know, going after people for exposing the truth on aliens and stuff, which is true. For a long time, they were. Now the governments won't shut up about aliens. Like Congress keeps talking about aliens. The fake news keeps talking about it. The military keeps talking about it. They're trying to get us to believe in aliens now. Something has shifted. I think they're running out of time. I think they're ready for their plan. I think that they have faith in Christianity enough that people will accept them, not as demons, not as fallen angels, not as false gods, but as friends from the skies, friends of big brothers from, from heaven, basically big brothers from another planet. And I think that you're seeing this play out with these Burning Man type events where tens of thousands of people or more are getting together, uh, just as one example, but there are many others that are smaller. Um, and having basically communal seances and burning human effigies together. I mean, this is very dangerously close to a pagan ritual where children are burned or humans are burned. But it's, it's, uh, somehow it's, it's to communicate with aliens with advanced technology. So why are they using radios? Why are they using fire and seances and rituals and, and song and, and, and human effigies being burnt? So, you know, I think that there is a false religion that will fall for the alien lie that is being formed up in plain sight. And I think Christians are pretty much silent on that. They don't know about the Nephilim. They don't know about the seed war. They don't know about the watchers, the fallen angels. They don't know about the prophecy of their return. And they don't have um, a good argument for the conversation. And they don't so know about the Holy Spirit safe. either, right? I mean... Uh People don't really know right. the authority that they I have. I couldn't make all that out. Sorry, it's laggy. Well, I was just saying that people people don't know about the Holy Spirit either. Oh, I mean, but, there's a lot of Christians who who just think of him as the Holy Ghost, and yeah, you know, it's they don't realize the authority that we have being believers, and that we we have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us, and that we have authority to battle this. People don't realize that either, you know. Yeah. Well, there, you know, I, I, the, the Bible is such a book of compassion and mercy, but it also is a book that calls you to, you know, gird up thy loins and be a man. And it will call you to account if you stood by and evil happened and you did nothing. And that's the kind of God that we have, a righteous God who, who sees us when we turn our blind eye on evil. And I think it's right that he judges us for that. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm just trying to not have turned a blind eye. I'm trying to have done my part to speak out. I have no real power to change anything, but you know, I'm hoping to wake a few people up to this and bring them back to God, bring them, you know, also to the truths that vaccines are poison and they're out to get us in essence, um, you know, and the famines ahead and all these other things that are coming politically. I think there's a lot to be aware of, um, but I think that if you want to understand the origins and the agenda and the motivation of the so-called deep state of the world, it's not as difficult 
uh, as it sounds, there's just a lot of stuff that you have to look at that's not politically correct. It's all easy to prove, actually, and, and well archived, most of it. Um, and much of it's admitted, much of it they brag about in their own books and their own writings. But at the end of the day, um, if people don't understand the alien deception, they will be deceived by what's coming. So we had a question from Mega Q in our chat earlier. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's a good time now to ask that, but um, he says, okay. can you ask Dustin why the cabal are not human? Okay, sure. Um, so I have an article called Seed War, which goes into this. And I also have a, a number of articles, dozens of articles on the Nephilim topic. You can search all of this at theserapium.com. But you know, you'll find all the evidence, all the supporting documents and stuff there. But basically, the Nephilim are, are part human hybrids, part fallen angels, or be more accurate, like linguistically speaking, they're, they're really just hybrids. Mutants. They don't have to be part, uh, part fallen angel and part human. They don't have to be um, a certain mix or anything. It's just any kind of hybrid or mutant. So later on in the, the days of Noah, it wasn't just angel-human hybrid giants walking around. It was also, as scripture records, um, all flesh had become corrupted. Man had begun to learn how to use genetic manipulation like we have CRISPR today. Uh, basically about the same level of technology, really, that we have today genetically. And they had begun to mix uh, birds and fish and animals and men and plants and insects and spiders and stuff. And they had figured out how to make uh, human-animal chimeras and hybrids. Yeah. And pretty much every mythology on Earth speaks of these animal-human hybrids and puts them on their cave paintings and hieroglyphs and murals and stuff. We call them mythology or we'll try to twisted into symbolism today or metaphor but these things were real and um it wasn't just giant and human hybrids but the primary strain the ones that we have to worry about the ones that are the seed of the serpent were the giants now those giants started in genesis 6 and they continued up to the uh, days of noah when all flesh had become corrupted basically you could see this as the era of atlantis which was a real place uh, in the post-flood world, now you're basically in the era of Sumeria and Babylon, uh, the time of Noah, the time of Nimrod, the time of the Tower of Babel, the time that um, the giants came back, basically. And this was a, a time of um, Nimrod bringing back the pre-flood religions, the false teachings of the uh, fallen angels, and unifying with those giants and dominating mankind with a one-world government and a one-world religion and trying to wage war against God. Now, Nimrod's a very important character in the occult system, uh, Freemasonry and everything else. But in essence, he is the, in every pagan mythology, all of those examples of a dying and resurrecting sun god that have sort of a similar story to Jesus, um, but not quite the same details, that's basically the antithesis of Jesus. Um, it's not the literal son of Satan, the way that Jesus is the son of God. But he is a self-made Nephilim. He started as a man, became a Nephilim, became a, a mighty man later, became a giant later. Anyway, these giants, uh, to make the question a lot shorter, the answer a lot shorter, uh, continued on, and they were never fully wiped out. They just kept getting smaller and smaller. Uh, later on, they were basically our size, but they had elongated skulls. Um, 
famous examples would be like the Peruvian elongated skull or the star child. People have seen those. Um, but they were about our size, maybe even smaller at that point. And eventually their, their pointy brains and their 30% enlarged uh, cranial capacity um, faded. And they were basically just humans with a little trace of demonic blood. And that's what we have today. Um, they have faded from their glory, just like we have. We used to have much more health and longer lifespans and denser bones and um, stronger physiques. And in pretty much we were more blessed by God. We have, through sin over time, devolved, not evolved. And our health is diminished. Our lifespans are diminished. Our, our human frailty is increased. Um, you know, in every way, we're decreasing our, our information, our culture, our, you know, look at the kids today. <laughs> you know, so I don't have to go too far on that. But basically, we're devolving to the point that uh, a couple of generations ago, uh, high schoolers were, were fluent in Latin. And now they can barely speak English. So I don't I'm think I'm getting dumber by the minute case for that, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> basically to, to answer that question, the giants lived on, they, they got smaller. They, they went through that elongated skull phase. Now they basically look like us. They do sometimes have a pointy head. They do sometimes have extra vertebrae or uh, double rows of teeth or extra teeth or double uh, or an extra digit on each hand and foot, six finger, six toes, like Goliath had. These traits do linger on. You can sometimes still spot the cranial difference in them, but only if you know where to look and it's really anti-Semitic to say it. Is that where they got the cone head skit from? Basically. These were, I mean, these were basically conehead demons. You could call it that. The star child, the elongated skulls. It's a weird, it's a weird, um, people want to want to believe that it's the skull binding. They want to say, well, some did and they put their baby's heads to boards and wrapped them and smushed them and made them pointy. But that's not the case because these things had 30% more brain capacity. You can't do that by smushing. They had different suture lines. You can't do that by suturing, uh, smushing either. Um, and they had a different position of the, uh, of the spine as it enters the skull completely. Larger eye sockets, um, denser bone. Interesting. Uh, as I said before, multiple uh, six fingers, six toes on hands and feet. So, you know, they, they were not human, but people did mimic this. In fact, in the days of Noah, as many as 60% of people would have smashed their babies' heads to look like the gods. It was very widespread, very common. People don't know this, but uh, Sumerian uh, scholars can point to that. So, um, you know, this, this story plays out over human history. Well, Duncan, thank, or, uh, I'm sorry, Dustin, <clears throat> Dustin, not Duncan. Dustin, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your testimony and thank you for being here with us tonight. Sure. Yeah. You're a wealth of knowledge. I told you it was going to be weird. I did warn you. Weird is good. We're okay <laughs> well, with weird. I, I, you know, we live in a weird, weird world now. I, I just um, want to help you. I, I try to have fun with it because I don't really expect people to believe me. I, I know some people will have done enough research that I'm going to say some things and connect some dots for them. And they're going to have an epiphany or they're going to go and do some more research on that topic. 
I think really the main thing is people need to understand biblical earth and seed war. Once you have heard biblical earth and you actually look into what the arguments are, you'll be convinced. Every flat earther is someone who tried to debate or debunk flat earth at some point. Um, and they all, you know, no one ever goes back from flat. You know, once you go flat, you never go back as the saying goes. It's the same thing with the seed war. Once you actually read Genesis 3.15 and Genesis 6 and you realize who the hell is the seed of the serpent? What? There's a seed of the serpent? Uh, most Christians never heard of this because most pastors are not trained on this in the Rockefeller funded seminaries. They don't know. I don't, I'm not being mean to them. I'm not blaming them. They don't know. They have been lied to just like we have. They're going off the same Bibles that we are. If you don't believe that the Bible has been edited, pick your favorite one. It's probably the King James and compare it to the other King James from 1611. It has been edited. Most of the books are still there, but not all. I mean, people need to know these things. And once you see it, you don't go back. I think that's um, one of the fascinating things about your story here is that um, you went from an atheist to a Christian through researching a lot of things that people just kind of turn away from. And I think that's pretty uh, cool that you shared that. Yeah, so um, if I can um, I cut off the last yes. of what you were saying, but yeah. I'm sorry, Dustin. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, my I think my I must have some clouds or something moving in. Um it just cut off the last of what Mary was saying. I apologize. Well, I was just saying that um I just think it's it's really cool how your research, your journey took you from an atheist to a Christian and um, you know, looking into things that people, a lot of people just turn away from, you know, and they don't want to maybe expect, accept it or talk about it. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, I mean, it's some of these topics, you know, when we talk about it with each other as believers, um, you know, we kind of prioritize it like, you know, salvation is the most important thing. And a lot of these other topics, if you're already a believer, is can be secondary but it can mean life and death to somebody who doesn't know the lord you know and yes. for them to to like yeah see yeah. proof of that or you know this research this type of thing can bring someone to the lord so i i say that it's not a lost conversation among someone who's not a believer so thank you for that you know, th there's the whole field of apologetics, Mary, and, and I'm glad you said that. I thank Yahweh every day for Rob Skiba. I mean, he paid the ultimate price, but I know he was willing to have paid it because he was willing to, to die to get that message out there. And he's the one that woke me up to the biblical earth and the seed war and, and gave me that sort of last piece of the puzzle. Um, but but really, at the end of the day, I mean, we, we have these amazing tools, and, and most Christians aren't part of the fight. They don't. You know, a lot of Christians have been sort of set, they've been sidelined, they've been put on the couch in some ways. I think with some of the doctrines that they've injected into Christianity have, have kind of put people off to where they think you're good. You don't have to go out and save others. That's fine. You're going to get raptured out and stuff. And that's fine. But I always had a heart to try to fight against these lies and save people. And, and maybe that's because I read too many books about like heroes overcoming evil and stuff as a kid or whatever. 
I was a big Zelda fan as a child. Uh, and that kind of left an imprint on me because I had a rough childhood and I always kind of believed that good overcomes evil. So, you know, maybe that's, that's it. But, you know, I feel like I have a superpower now in, in one respect. And that is when it comes to uh, connecting the dots about the deep state or when it comes to like some of the arguments of apologetics that they struggle with. I mean, uh, apologists can't beat uh, globe earth because they don't talk about biblical earth. They can't say, for, for example, for 500 years, atheists have said, you Christians are stupid because you believe in a flat earth. Your Bible says so. And Christians have said, well, that's not what God really meant. I mean, for a long time, actually, they, they stood by God's word uh, all the way up to the Reformation with people like, uh, you know, Martin Luther and, and others famously having stood against the uh, heliocentric globe earth model. But basically, people have used these uh, arguments against rational people who would have otherwise been Christian. I mean, for a long time, no one could answer me when I said, why would God kill babies? How could you worship a God that killed babies? That's a hard question to answer until you know about the Nephilim. And it's quite easy. Those babies weren't babies. They were going to grow up to be man-eating cannibalistic giants. They were a parasite infestation. And God was trying to protect his people. He was trying to protect babies. And in essence, you know, the, all of these arguments that would have uh, given me pause a few years ago trying to defend, I now have an answer for. Things like that, things like really difficult questions that, that they have for Christians, atheist arguments that they think are just slam dunks against us. I can now debate and answer, and I think that's kind of a superpower. I wish that that conversation was something that was ha being had out there, and I don't see it being had. Uh, other than you know chat rooms like this and then content like yours um you know bless you for it but you know mainstream science has a stranglehold on what is dogma people like neil degrasse tyson and bill nye the science guy and i am science fauci those are the people who control the so-called scientific method today yeah it's good that we have an answer to that thank you so much yeah, Dustin, thank you. Uh, I can honestly say that I like you a lot more now than I did before. Not that I didn't like you, but just listening to you, it makes me feel not so crazy now. I, <laughs> it's fine. Honest, honesty is good. Yeah. So, I mean, like, but yeah, you know, you can always point to Dustin as crazy. <laughs> I love it, man. I, I love it because I, I mean, Rob Skiba was a huge, yeah. huge, huge guy I listened to on research. And Dean Odell is another one. I don't know if you ever. You know, Dean yes. Odell is, he's a, he's a, he owns, he's a flat earth preacher is what he is. And, uh, but he's, he's got a lot of cool things too, Very but, cool. uh, but I don't know if you have ever heard of him, but check him out. He's, he's a, I know you're a post, post trip guy and he's, a, so is he, I, I, I'm on the fence. I don't know. I, I could be, I think there's compelling arguments either way, but, um, that's for another show different kind of show but i just want to say thanks for for being here and sharing with us um it's really you're a wealth of knowledge and been a real yeah. encouragement our hope here is that someone may listen to this at some point it was either tonight or at some point who maybe is in that spot who you know is an atheist and you know they don't they don't have god in their life and and that maybe their their ears were perked up by a couple of things like, oh, maybe I should look into the Bible 
and see what they have to say. And if I might just say my son, actually, that's how he, my oldest son, he's not walking with the Lord right now. I don't know, but that's how he came to the Lord in high school was someone put a pebble in his shoe and said um, something about evolution and how can evolution and, and Genesis, maybe there's something to that together. And it just put a pebble in his shoe. And so my son started reading Genesis and he never stopped. He just kept reading the Bible all the way through. So I kind of relate to a, a little bit of what you were saying tonight about that. So thank you very much. And that's the whole kind of the whole point of our show is the salvation part. Yes. Right? Thank you so much, yeah. Dawson. Yeah. And here we are. We come to the answer. You know, Mary, I would like to add something just briefly to that. And, and that is, you know, I, I challenge any atheist out there to test God's word with the scientific method, not yes. NASA science where you have to believe what they tell you. And, and they went to the moon with that 10 box with aluminum foil on it, but actual scientific method that you can reproduce and test. Oh, thank you very much again. Dawson, we appreciate it. For our listeners that are here live in chat, I've opened up our call-in feature. If there is any one of you there that would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight, you can do so by calling in. We have a prayer of surrender that we can read together. Um, but I would like to read Romans 10, 9 through 10 if I can. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And it is very simply that easy. You know, first thing you must do is realize and confess that, yes, you are a sinner. and understand that you are a sinner. And confess those sins to God. Ask for forgiveness. Um, but there is only one way to Father, and that's through the Son. You must declare that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And in your heart, believe that God raised him from the dead. And if you can do that, then you are saved. It's that easy. It's not rocket science. It's very simple. Um, but again, I've said it before. You know, I'm not here to save you. Mike, Mary, Dustin, none of us can save you. Only Jesus Christ can save you. He's the only one. Donald Trump is not going to save us. There's no politics here that are going to save us. The only buddy that's going to save us is Jesus Christ. If you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please call in now. We are here for you. If you have not called in or you're just listening to this recording of the Scottcast, um, you, you can do it by yourself. Find yourself a quiet place, a quiet room. Have yourself a conversation with Jesus. Very simply, just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead. And again, if you truly believe that, you're saved. If I can, I'd like to direct you to our Telegram page. This is an official Godcast Testimonies and Salvation page on Telegram. And you can find in print form our prayer of surrender if this is something that you would like to do. Also, you can contact us at this is an official Godcast at gmail.com. And Mary, Mike, myself, we would love to pray for you. Um, and pray, we pray for your salvation if you are not saved already. Uh, and with that, just a couple more announcements. Uh, again, next week we are going to have here in the studio Jack Tard. 
giving his special testimony. And we're also going to have special co-host Punky Puster, and she will be sitting in for Mary. Um, Punky's been here quite a few times. We're going to have to give her the uh, the blowtorch award. I think we have a, a blowtorch award for her. Mike, will you be handing that out next week? Mike is actually Mike has never been here on the show with Punky. We've had Punky three or four times, but Mike's never been here. She's always been filling in for Mike. So a little oddity. Next week we're gonna have no Mary and Punky and Mike. And then of course Jack the Bridge will be here. Yeah, and again, dependable. I'm sorry. I'm not very dependable, Ron. <laughs> You're extremely dependable. Hey, this is one of the extracurricular things, and we're just going to do uh, the best that we can, and God will take care of the rest. After that, the week after that, we have an opening on April 28th. We kind of have that in mind for somebody special. Um, we haven't we haven't actually penned that uh, penned that testimony in. Um, so it may or may not be open, but if you are interested in giving your testimony here at this is an official godcast doc, please do so. Um, just give us an, an email at this official godcast at gmail.com, or you can connect with us on telegram at this is an official godcast and we'll schedule up to do your testimony here as well. Um, before we leave, we're going to do a closing prayer. Um, but one more time, Dustin, if you can, please let us know for our listeners where you can find those times and which platforms, please. Dustin, are you still with us? Okay, sorry. You, yeah, you cut out a little bit. Uh, you said let us something. Yeah, one more time. We're just we're going to say an end of prayer. But before we do, if you could please let our listeners know where they can find you, what platforms and times. Sure. Um, I put out news and kind of keep people informed on what's the most important, latest breaking events. You know, war, famine, poisoning, apocalypse, um, exploding trains, and all of the things that are coming for us at nemosnewsnetwork.com, which publishes videos on uh, BitChute and also Rumble primarily. There's a few other places that we're still not banned. And uh, my passion lately has been about exposing these hidden historical and, and you know, theological conspiracies, which go back to you know, the seed war, the Nephilim, biblical earth, the deep state, all of the conspiracies, COVID, everything. I've got it all. I don't really have any questions left when it comes to politics. Um, I'm just trying to help people connect the dots before they they take me out, basically. And, you know, I, I say this with with humility. I mean, it's not an archive of my work. This is an archive of all of the history that is being censored, all of the links that you usually try to find, and now you can't. I'm putting that stuff here. I'm bringing all of the experts together. I'm bringing all of the science from various fields, all of the different backgrounds, in order to prove the hidden history and to connect the dots. So, you know, I say that with humility, but you know, if you if you spend a lot of time on theserapium.com slash map, which is kind of the main page, then you'll have a pretty good idea of what's going on and where it's going. And you'll also know that God wins in the end. Amen to that. Well, thank you, Dustin. Once again, you're certainly been a blessing to us all. Your story will help somebody. If it hasn't helped them tonight, it will help them in the future. Listen to the recording. Uh, we appreciate listening to your walk with God. And um, your, your, your family, brother, thank you so much. We, we love you. We appreciate you. And thank you so much once again. God bless you. Thank you, Dustin. Uh, thank you for having me on. And, and God be with you all and your audience.
And Mary, if you'd like to close out with a prayer for us, we would appreciate you. I'm not sure if we had any prayer requests. I know you had mentioned um, Bob the musician and his son that had recently passed. Um, yeah. uh, Living has an unspoken. Yep. I saw, um, I'm not sure what's going on, uh, but uh, Nikki, uh, Nikki Knight yep. needs a prayer. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Lord. Thank you. Thank you for tonight. Here we are again. Just an awesome time we've had tonight with our guest. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would just pour out a blessing on Dustin and his family. And just, um, it's just remarkable what you've done in his life and that he, he had a chance here to share it with us. And that, um, he, he sought you, you know, and found you. And we're just so thankful for that. And just um, really, Lord, just bless his family and bless um, this ministry that he has. And um, show him even more truths to share with people. And um, give him joy, Lord. Give him joy in the in the in the battle. We just pray for joy over you, Dustin. And we pray that wherever these words land, tonight, tomorrow, five years from now, that they land with someone who will also want to seek you out, Lord. So thank you for that. I also want to lift up uh, some brothers and sisters of ours, Lord. Livin has an unspoken prayer, and Lord, we just pray in alignment with that. We pray your will into it. We pray that whatever it is that she is seeking her heart for right now from you, Lord, that she will find it, and that you will just um, make it so clear to her any decision she might have to make or you know, any struggle she has, um, Lord, that you will just make it very clear to her and her family and all those that she loves, including Duncan too. We just pray over Duncan and his ministry and we we pray a blessing over that relationship and we pray joy into their lives as well, Lord. And we, of course, lift up Bob, our friend Bob Elliot, who lost his second son this week. And um, a lot of prayers have been going up for him, Lord, and he can feel it. So we praise you and we thank you for the love that you've shown him. We just pray a, a special surrounding over him in a remarkable way. Just keep reminding him, Lord, that you love him, that you're the one that holds everything together. And we pray that, you know, that your message is shared somehow through this and that others will come to know you through it. And we pray that Bob's relationship with you is going to grow even stronger. And we also lift up Nikki, our sister Nikki, and her family and what she's going through right now. And 
We pray peace upon all that's happening around whatever it is she's struggling with, Lord. And, you know, you know what that is. And some of us here might know, but um, Lord, you know what that is. And so we just pray peace upon that. We pray good health for her and for her family. We pray just all kinds of blessings on her. And that we also pray that your, your name will be glorified in everything that they're going through right now. So thank you for that. And Lord, we also, again, just want to lift up whoever hears this message. That they'll be able to wrestle with you. I just love that picture in my mind, Lord, of, of wrestling it out with you. And you, you want us to be active believers in our, you know, physically, but also in our minds. And that just help us to keep searching for you, to keep wrestling with you, to keep wanting to know more about you. Help us, you know, retain that fire. Fresh wind and fresh fire. I just pray a fresh wind and a fresh fire against all your people. And I thank you for this platform, and I thank you for Ron and for Mike and all of our friends here that are listening. I just pray a blessing over all of you as well. And thank you for what you're doing here, Lord. And all the glory goes to you, all of it. Less of us and more of you. So thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, God. Love you, Jesus. Thank you. That was beautiful. Amen. Uh, Dustin, uh, again, thank you. You've been a blessing to us all. Uh, we greatly look forward to hearing more of you on the Nemos News Network. Uh, Mike and I often turn in while we're tune in while we're working lately. It's been fun. And uh, Mary as well. Yeah. Yep. I have too. Well, uh, I'm going to play one song as an outro. Right, I appreciate uh, that, guys. I apologize. I don't have more positive news. <laughs> no, that's okay. You know, that's yeah. unfortunately, you know, there's not much good news around it. The good news is the gospel of Jesus. Amen. And uh, that's what we're here bringing. Uh, I know we got a lot of news networks out there, but we, we figured we'd come on and give everybody an hour and a half of some good stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah if you like the news, that's great. But if you want to hear the good news, you got to turn it, tune into this is an official Godcast because we, we're giving Jesus every, every Friday night here, 7 p.m. on Podbean. Amen. Uh, Dustin, Amen. we'd love to have you in our audience. If you'd like to come back and join us, please do. Um, you can always find us here. So we'll play one more song to outro. Um, but before I do, I just want to uh, give a quick thanks out to the Kilted Christian clan, Livin and Duncan. Uh, thank you for putting Dustin and us together so Dustin could come on here at this official Godcast and do the Lord's work, yes. spread that good word. Thank you, guys. My dearest friends, let us not forget we are here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior. So if you know someone who is unsaved, somebody that you love, please share this with him. Share this with that person and pray for them. Uh, until next week, we love you. 
Thank you. And we'll see you again. Thank you. Love you guys. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. We will see you next week here at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Podbean with Jack Tar, Jack the Bridge. Thank you so much for joining us. We love you. We'll see you next week. Good night. Love you guys. <laughs>